0: Good morning, or perhaps buenos dias, or maybe even ma'ayun buntag. Good morning from sunny Thomasville, Georgia. We're going to be in John chapter 21 for just a few minutes this morning. We're concluding our reading through the Gospel of John. As you're coming on, just go ahead and click if you don't mind so I can see you're with us. Remember to put the thumbs up emoji. Make a comment, good, bad, or ugly and uh, we'll just go from there. So we're in John chapter 21. Looks like we're going to move into the Psalms starting tomorrow. Uh, we've been we've contemplated moving into the Psalms, excuse me, <clears throat> not every single Psalm, but uh, starting tomorrow would be Psalm chapter 1, and then I'll be putting out which Psalms we'll work through uh, probably for the remainder of September and the month of October, and then um, Hey, Deb, and then beginning in November, come back and read through another gospel. It's just really been on my heart lately for believers to stay in the gospels, to live in the gospels. That does not diminish, that does not diminish the power of all the word of God, but I just, I, I'm just sensing that, that we as believers need to be reminded of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so uh, looks like for the next little while at celebration, we'll be weaving our way through the gospel. So we we come to John twenty-one today, and um, to to wind up the Gospel of John. And it seems like whatever book I'm reading or teaching through, I always say that's my one of my favorite books in the Bible. Like you know, like on Sundays I'm teaching through the Book of Jonah, and so while I'm preaching and teaching through Jonah, I think like Jonah is one of my favorite books, and it kind of sort is, but legit, legit. I love the Gospel of John. I just love the Gospel of John because John lays out for us the deity of Jesus. Yes, his humanity, but the, de- the godness of Jesus. So yesterday, in John chapter 20, uh, we read about the resurrection of Jesus. And remember how Jesus appeared to his disciples the night of his resurrection, and he said, peace be unto you. And he said it twice, and then he breathed on them. And said, receive you the Holy Ghost. So the um, the events of Resurrection Night are now over. And then John 21, uh, John begins to conclude his perspective of the gospel. So anyway, so in John chapter 21, you find, at the beginning of it, you find uh, Peter saying, I'm going fishing. Well, you know, I don't want to make too much of it, but... I think there's something there. Jesus, excuse me. Uh, so Peter says, "I'm going to go fishing." And and what Peter's actually saying is, "I'm going back to my old way of life." Now, Jesus is dead. Jesus is now alive. Jesus breathed on them. Jesus said peace, and then next thing you know, Peter's going back to his old way of life, his way of life, fishing. Remember, in Matthew chapter four. Jesus came along and called Peter to follow him. And Peter left everything to follow Jesus. So in other words, he changed his lifestyle. He changed the direction of his life and began to go after Jesus. And so now in John 21, we find Peter going back to fishing. And the interesting thing about that is, when we go back, it does not only affect us, it affects other people. Because in John 21, when Peter said, I'm going to go fishing... Some of his buddies said, we're going with you. So just make a note of that. When we when we turn and go back backwards in our spiritual journey, it doesn't just affect us. It affects, if you're married, it affects your wife or if you're a woman. It affects your husband. It affects your children, your grandchildren, your parents, those that you serve the Lord with. So they go fishing. And the Bible says they go out and they fish during the night and they catch nothing. And then a voice calls from the shore, you remember, cast your net on the right side of the boat. They cast their net, they caught 153 fish. Isn't that interesting how detailed that is on 153 fish. And people speculated, you know, some have speculated that there were 153 different species of fish in, in that lake or in that sea, I don't know. I don't know. Some have taken the number one, the number five, the number three, and look at the numerology and said that means something. I don't know. All I know is on their own, they caught nothing. At the command of Jesus, when they obeyed him, they caught a bunch of fish. And then Peter recognizes that it's Jesus. So Peter dives in. Uh, once he recognizes Jesus, swims to the shore. And Jesus has breakfast prepared for him. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Has breakfast prepared for him. So Jesus begins to, he's serving again, okay? Remember the night of his, um, um, uh, the night of his betrayal, Jesus served Simon Peter, he washed his feet, and now he's serving him breakfast. And then he asked him, do you love me? And he goes, yes, I love you. And then Jesus says, feed my sheep. Do you love me? And yes, I love you, feed my sheep. Do you love me? And, yes, I love you feed my lambs. Now there's, that is just full loaded right there. And I know you theologians and scholars are, um, you know, you're saying, well, you gotta, you gotta dive deep. We don't have time to dive deep right there. So the bottom line is Jesus tells Peter, follow, Jesus tells Peter, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. But this is what jumped out at me. Okay. This is what I'm going to read to. This jumped out at me all the times I've read through John. Like I know I've seen this, but this like really grabbed me this morning. John chapter 21, verse number 19. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Jesus said, feed my sheep. Then he he told Peter how he was going to die. Basically, he told him, you're going to die by crucifixion. Then in verse 19, this spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. So he's given Peter an encouragement. You're going to die. They're going to stretch you out like they stretched me out. And your life is going to, your death is going to glorify me. When he'd spoken this, he said to him, follow me. That's what I want you to make note of. Then Peter, turning about, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved, which would be John, following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Remember, that's what what, uh, John said the night of the Last Supper. Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to you? In other words like, what is it to you? Why are you so concerned about John? Then he said, you follow me. Very interesting. That's, that's our story, isn't it? We're serving the Lord and maybe we hear Jesus say, follow me. Or maybe we hear Jesus say, go over there and do something. Maybe we hear Jesus call us to a certain area of service or ministry. And then we go, hey, what about my buddy? What about my wife? What about my friend over there? What about this person? What about that person? What about John? What about John? Peter says, what about John? What about John? And Jesus says, don't worry about John. You follow me. Hey, Rosie, you follow me. So here's what grabbed me. Here's what grabbed me, okay? And I've, and I've read the Gospel of John like over and over and over. And that's why I say, like, stay in the Word, stay in the stay in the Word, Keep reading the same thing multiple times and ask the Lord. Lord, show me something fresh. So here's what I saw this morning when I was reading that. Matthew chapter 4, the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus. Jesus sees Simon Peter and he says, follow me. And then Simon Peter followed him. And now at the conclusion of the ministry of Jesus, after his resurrection and before his ascension, Jesus tells Peter again, follow me. So, so I remember, I don't know, four or five, time flies when you're having fun. It could have been four or five, eight or 10 years ago, something like that. Uh, probably five to seven years ago. I remember I, I got, I got grabbed by that, 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 um, those two words, follow me and did a whole series of messages on follow me and what it means to follow Jesus. So in that culture, in that culture. When when Jesus said, follow me, um, they understood, I think, to a greater degree than we do when we read the words from Jesus, follow me. So in that culture, in that language, when Jesus said, follow me, hey, Sarah, when Jesus said, follow me, he had in mind at least four things and they understood that. There are certain phrases or statements that we might make in, in English, uh, and according to what culture you live in, what part of the country you can you know you can you can make a statement and maybe outsiders or people that aren't from your area may not completely grasp the meaning of what you're saying, but if you're from that area, from that culture, you grasp it. So um so when Jesus said follow me, he had four things in mind at least. And they understood these. So if you're writing in your journal, remember, I encourage you to get a journal and write in your journal when you're when you're reading. So here are the four things, at least, that Jesus had in mind and they understood. I'm going to give them to you, you can go back and study them and um, and go from there. So when Jesus said, follow me, number one, he meant respond to a summons. A summons is an official edict. This was a command. Excuse me. This was a command. This was an imperative. It was not a suggestion. So when Jesus saw Simon Peter in Matthew four, he said, follow me, respond to a summons. Uh, have you ever been summoned for jury duty? Yeah, you get that little note in the mail that says show up at the courthouse at whatever time, whatever day. Hey, the government's being for real if you get one of those. Like, you can't just blow that off. If you don't just show up, the bailiff calls somebody that calls somebody that calls somebody that calls somebody, there's a follow up. And they want to know why you did not respond to the summons. So when Jesus said, follow me, he meant respond to a summons. He was calling them. Number two, in that culture, when he said, follow me, it meant attach yourself to a person. Remember, there were teachers called rabbis. There were students. And so what Jesus was saying is, I want you to attach yourself to me. That's the essence of Christianity. We talk about how Jesus lives and abides in us, he attaches himself to us, but here Jesus, when he says, follow me, he means, attach yourself to me, follow me. Later on, Jesus will say, anybody puts their hand to the plow, and looking back, is not fit for the kingdom. In other words, I am now your focus, attach yourself to me. So number one, Respond to a summons. Number two, attach yourself to a person. Number three, accept authority. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road in modern-day Christianity in America. Acceptance of authority. Jesus said one time to people that were following along after him, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Stop and think. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Macario, Supreme. Why do you call me Lord, Lord and don't do what I ask you to do? Stop and think about that. Lord? I heard a guy say one time, and I think it's kind of true, we can't say no, Lord. We can either say yes, Lord, or no. Because if I'm functioning with Jesus as my Lord, and I'm living my life under his Lordship, then when he asks me to do something or tells me to do something, the answer is yes, yes. But if the answer is no, it's not no, Lord, because I remove myself from his lordship. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you do shake your head or give me a thumbs up emoji and say, yeah, I get it. I, I see what you're saying there. So it's either yes, Lord, or no. So acceptance of authority. So when Jesus says, follow me, and we follow him, he is now the authority in our lives above our mama above our daddy above your pastor above jesus is the authority in our lives so watch this watch the progression respond to a summons attach yourself to a person accept his authority the authority of jesus and then when jesus said follow me he meant imitate my example and that's what a christian does a christian is who he is because of christ but when we attach ourselves to him We accept his authority. When we do that, we're living under the lordship of Jesus, and now we're able to imitate our example. There's a guy in our church. I'm going to call him out, David Beckwith. Brother David. He just turned 80 years old. 80 years young, I'm sorry. And and I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, actually in a church service, that David Beckwith reminds me of jesus david beckwith reminds me of jesus because he imitates the example of christ has anybody ever said about you well they remind me of jesus i'm just wondering and all the preaching and teaching and serving and ministering i've done like i wonder if anybody has ever looked at my life and said man he reminds me of jesus that's the evidence of following jesus imitating the example of jesus the fruit of the spirit is the fruit of jesus love joy peace long-suffering goodness gentleness faithfulness meekness self-control that's jesus imitate my example so we talk about being followers of christ that doesn't just mean praying a prayer and getting baptized what that means is have you responded to the summons of jesus have you attached yourself to jesus Are you accepting the authority of Jesus in every area of your life? And are you imitating the example of Jesus? So anyway, as we wind up this Gospel of John, that grabbed me this morning. That um, Matthew records the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. That he, hey baby, when I say baby, I'm talking to my wife. Matthew records that Jesus went after Simon Peter and said, follow me. And then three and a half years later, at the conclusion of the Gospel of John, Jesus tells Peter, follow me. So that's the conclusion of the Gospel of John. Follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody shout me now and say hallelujah. Hey, this is a beautiful day here in Thomasville. I hope your day is filled with Jesus. Don't hang up right now. Remember, we're gonna start reading through um, the Psalms. Uh, tomorrow they won't be chronological. Uh, If you're just tuning in, what I shared was we're going to begin in Psalm 1 tomorrow, and we're probably going to do Psalms the rest of this month, which will be like a week or so. Then the month of October and probably November, move back into a gospel and like regularly, if you're part of the Celebration family, read through Psalms. So anyway, I noticed this morning before I... um. Started this video and and I see some of you are watching every day. Thank the Lord for you and have some Filipino friends that come back and watch it at a different time and other people across America, um, across this country watching. So I praise God for you. If these, if these, if these videos are a blessing to you and you want more, go to my personal page. Okay. Most of you are friends with me on Facebook. Go to my personal page and I didn't look at the time either, either last night or earlier this morning. My secretary, Debbie Howell, um posted on my timeline on my personal page. And it's a post from Celebration Church, Thomasville. And what the post says is that we now have 150 podcasts. So what she's doing is she's taking these videos and turning them into podcasts. And then, you know, when COVID was a thing, thing, I was doing some daily Bible studies, daily podcasts. Uh, for several months and so now we've compiled 150 podcasts are like eight to 12 to 15 minutes long some of them are four or five minutes long and so if you're riding down the road you know and you can't watch video or whatever you can go back and listen to podcasts uh, so i want to encourage you to do that just go to my personal page you can click on that and there are a link or it'll it'll be some instructions on how you can find a podcast from Celebration Church. So anyway, hey, y'all have an awesome day. Uh, looks like I'll probably see you sometime tomorrow. Psalm chapter one. Isn't the Gospel of John good? The Gospel of John is so good. And uh, hey, anyway, i catch y'all tomorrow.